Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 3. Parker, what are we getting into today? We are talking NFL trades and signings. Mm-hmm. From there, we continue our division-by-division division preview of Major League Baseball heading into the season. Absolutely. This week, we talk about the NL and AL Central Divisions. And we are finishing up today's episode on NBA Talk and previewing the Sweet 16 that begins tonight. Yeah, I got to talk about all the big things that are happening with NBA. There's about 10 games left. And, you know, the Sweet 16, as you said, a lot of big upsets, all that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're talking NFL trades and signings as free agency has really hit a, you know, come to a head. Come, yeah, we're starting to get into the the big nitty gritty. Most of the big signings have already happened, right? But there's also been some massive trades that have happened, including the blockbuster one that hit yesterday. Tariq Hill is going to the Dolphins. Crazy to think that that's going to happen. The cheetah is on the move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chiefs get a first, second, and fourth round pick this year. It's uh, twenty nine fifty, and then whatever the fourth ends up being after the compensation picks of the third round happen. Right. And then they get a fourth and a sixth next year, which we have no idea what they have. Right. Uh, the Dolphins obviously receive Tyreek Hill, and they then hand him a four year, one hundred and twenty million dollar, you know. Extension. Contract, yeah, yeah, extension. However, you want to say I th- it. I think it's what seventy-two guaranteed. Yeah, seventy-two point like three guaranteed or something like that. Seventy-two seven, some obscure number yeah. after seventy-two is guaranteed. <laughs> Who won this trade? I mean, look, the Dolphins definitely are a winner because you get Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. and guess what, Tua? If you can't win with Tyreek Hill as as your top wide receiver, you can't win. Right. But I I I get it from the Chiefs, like. They, they offered him a contract. They couldn't agree to it. So they, they moved on. They traded him. They got picks. And those are pretty big picks. I know you know prospects are suspects until they prove otherwise. But they have to replenish that roster. Yeah. Like they can't just keep like, oh, well, we're just going to you know bring you know bring the band back and see what happens i think the chiefs win this trade and here's the reason why you get a first and a second rounder so now you have two firsts and two seconds this year yeah and you're able to use those to get players that could possibly they don't have to fill tyreek hill's shoes right Right. you were going to spend you know if you gave him this contract right you have patrick mahomes with a 50 million dollar contract you have tyreek hill with a 30 million dollar contract travis kelsey travis kelsey is going to get a big deal, right? Like right. you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to. I don't know what Kelsey's deal is right now, but right, I don't I'll, either. But all I know is that at eighty million dollars for two players, I I know at thirty million dollars, that's fourteen point four percent of your cap. Yeah, like you can't play pay two players. Yeah, you know a crazy amount of your cap when you have to pay forty nine more guys. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I mean, this isn't ba- well, first of all, baseball doesn't have salary cap. Uh, basketball, it's 15 guys. Yeah. So you can kind of up that. This up is the ante. 51 guys. So yeah, you have 51, 53 yeah. on roster, only 51. The, the top 51 count against your cap. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's the problem, right? You can't pay Everybody. all of these guys. Yeah, you can't do it. And so to get these, 
you know, picks. And, I mean, as in every sport, you're getting these early picks, right, that, that will cost you money, but they won't nearly cost you what Tariq Hill is. Like, all five of these picks will make less than what Tyreek Hill is making at $30 million, and a lot less. I mean, yeah. the first rounder and second rounder combined are probably going to get, like, $5 million tops, yeah. right? Like, tops, and that's including signing bonus. And then, you know, the fourth... The two fourths and the six are like chump chains. They're gonna right. league minimum. So yeah, I mean you you win this trade because yeah, are you going to find another Tyreek Hill? No, but that's that. that you don't have to. That can't be the question you ask. I know, like we were watching first take when we got here. Mm-hmm. When I got here, and Stephen A was incredulous. Yeah, like, that was a good word. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, Lewis Riddick was like kind of back in the Chiefs on like what they did, and lose and Stephen A was like. You gotta be kidding me, basically. Like, yeah, you're not finding another Tyreek Hill. Well, you don't have to find. You another don't Tyre. have to find another Tyreek Hill. Exactly. Like, yes, did they win a Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill? Yeah, but they didn't win it every year. Yeah, and they they won one, got to two Super Bowls, and got to the AFC Championship game twice. And his point is, they they won't get back to another Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. But okay. The problem is, if you keep Tyreek Hill, you're you're still not going to be able to, you know, like add add one or sign re-sign the guys that you're going to have on contract. So that's yeah. the problem. Like wide receiver is not your most important position, right? Quarterback is, and you've already addressed that. you've already addressed that. And issue. then and then it would probably be left tackle, mm-hmm. pass rusher. Hey, once you buy the mortgage, second biggest payment's the insurance. Yeah, and that's the left tackle. Yeah, so. I'm not sitting here stating that. I mean, Tyreek Hill is great. Yeah. But, and good for him for getting paid. But mm-hmm. yeah, when you're like one of the best teams, and I'm not saying they're the, the AFC favorites right now. Right. But you're still in contention because you have Patrick Mahomes. Yep. If you didn't have a quarterback, it'd be different. Yeah, it's a totally different scenario. Like if Ryan Tannehill was your quarterback, maybe you... you... Yeah, we got other issues. Yeah. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, the other quarterback that went on the move to your team, Matt Ryan, is now a Colt. Yeah, I'm bumped. All we gave up was uh, this year's third. Mm -hmm. We had two thirds, so we gave up one of them to get Matt Ryan, who I'm not telling you he's the best quarterback in the NFL. He's not. But is he more than serviceable? Yes, he is. He did win an MVP. He did get to a team to a Super Bowl. Just, I, just I know missed what 4,000 yards this past year, threw for 20-plus touchdowns. And I know Cowherd was doing like a comparison. So last year that Brady was in New England, last year that Matthew Stafford was in Detroit, his numbers were comparable. I'm not telling you because he's on a new team, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. But they're definitely favorites to win the division. They have a good defense. You have a really good offensive line, something you never had in Atlanta. Weapons are, I mean, you have Jonathan Taylor, he's a stud, but like at receiver, that's not a strength. I Suspect. Mean, I mean, Michael Pittman and a bunch of dudes yeah. I, that you can't really name. Mm-hmm. So they they have some work, more work to do, but Matt Ryan, he, he can drop back and, and throw it 30 times a game and give you a good chance to win. Right. So I, I like the deal. You didn't give up anything for him. I know he's a bridge quarterback. He's not the future. But he's under contract two more years. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, I think they're definitely in better contention than with Carson Wentz. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I like the upside of Carson, but he didn't show it last it's year. It's coin flip there for me. I, I, well, since you traded Carson, that's not an option. But, yeah. you know, that's, you know, you give up half of what you had to give of what you got for, you know, for trading Carson. So yeah. you gain a third round pick and you get a quarterback that, in my opinion, is a little less. So, what does that mean? Okay. Uh, they have a fifth quarterback in five years for now for the Colts. This will be their fifth straight yeah. new one-year quarterback. Does it last longer than one? I don't know. 
I mean, he's under contract for two, but they've already been willing to trade quarterbacks that sure. are on contract. So yeah. you never know. Uh, let's go ahead and hit the other big signings that happened since those were the two big trades uh, that happened at, since we last recorded. Yeah. Uh, the signings, Marcus Mariota will replace Matt Ryan in Atlanta on a two-year deal. Money has not been out there, so I have zero clue on that. Right. Jameis Winston is back in New Orleans. I think this was the best play for both. Absolutely. Two years, $15.2 million. And from what I'm seeing, all 15.2 is fully guaranteed for Jameis. Yeah, I think, I think it's a smart move. You don't have like a a real starter in mm-hmm. New Orleans. I, I know Champagne's gone, but you know, I think it's a good move for both both sides. Absolutely. And you're you're seeing a lot of bridge quarterback contracts right now because obviously this year not a great quarterback class. No. Next year's looking a lot better. Yeah. And then this also gives you the chance if you miss out on one of those quarterbacks next year, you can possibly have another one the year following. This is a historically bad quarterback drafting class from all the experts there. it sure is some other signings wide receiver jameson crowder signed with buffalo one year four million that's solid fournette is going back to tampa bay three years 21 million like they're they're solid yeah. skill guys yeah it's, it's what you need jameson crowder is not a world beater i mean he ain't no davis no but- <laughs> i know whatever we talked about i'm like well he ain't no davis he ain't no davis he ain't no, no gabriel davis but <laughs> He'll, he'll get the job done. Yeah. Uh, Zadarius Smith going to Minnesota, so staying in the NFC North, going to Minnesota, three years, $42 million with a possible extra $5 million in incentives. Uh, Trent Brown is going to New England, two years, $22 million. $4 million of it is fully guaranteed, and then the rest is purely playing time yeah. incentives. So if... Uh, if he plays all 17 games, it's basically he'll get $22 million. Yeah, top tackle in the market, Teron Armstead. It's going to Miami, five years, $75 million. So they're, they're trying to protect Tua, give mm-hmm. him weapons. Like yep. th- They're giving him every opportunity to be successful. 100%. Yeah, it's 43.37, fully guaranteed, 87.5, possible max contract with some relatively doable incentives. And you have Malcolm Butler going back to New England after a short stint away. Two years, $9 million. And then Zach Paschal is also going to yeah. Philadelphia to that's reunite a, that's a good move with Nick Sirianni. I, the veteran wide receiver that I think we need. Yeah, uh, It's a one-year deal, and I'm not entirely sure on the money, but I know that, and it could possibly turn into more. They might sign him for deeper if he ends up that, fitting well. That dude is underrated. Yeah, I think he's great. I mean, he gives you toughness. Worst-case scenario, he's a top-tier blocking receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what you want, but like, it's what I have in J.J. Ortega Whiteside right now. He'll do the dirty work for you. Right. So at the, at the bare minimum. Absolutely. So a lot of good things happening around the NFL. Uh, I'm assuming the salary cap as of right now, um, and this is not an assumption. It's like two point uh, two hundred and eight million dollars this year. We're hoping that the salary cap will go back to being increasing after this whole pandemic shortened, and then you know last year was a little bit better. So we're hoping as most people are, including the NFL itself, that the salary cap will increase right. next year. So you're seeing a lot of these you know, midline prospects getting signed right now for cheaper than they would on one, maybe two-year deals to see if they can get some prove-it deals for them that salary cap to increase so they can then capitalize on a higher salary cap and possibly get a bigger contract. Right. All right, well, that's going to do it for the NFL. But when we return, we're getting into the previews of the AL and NL Central Divisions for this year's baseball season when we return.
welcome back. We're getting into our previews of the NL and AL Central divisions. Uh, definitely a lot to talk about. Definitely a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, some new faces in new places. <laughs> uh, Parker, go ahead and hit me with the rundown of each of the teams in the Central. All right, so starting off with the NL Central, we'll go with the Milwaukee Brewers, who are the defending champs. They signed Andrew McCutcheon to go along with Lorenzo Cana and Christian Yell, which is kind of a veteran outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uprush on pitching staff. You have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Josh Hader's closing games for now. Yep. I mean, he might be moved at some point, but they're gonna they're gonna rely on their pitching. They have it's a veteran it's a veteran squad position player wise, mm-hmm. but the key it it begins and ends with Christian Yelich. Yeah. He has to stay healthy. He has to produce. He hasn't been productive in a couple of years since he won the MVP. If he can't stay healthy, I don't know if they can win this division. But I'm banking that they figured something out with his back. And they can, you know, he can stay healthy and produce. Yeah, that's the hope is that if if Yelich is, if Yelich is, you know, back to even close to his MVP season, they'll have a very, very good team. Absolutely. Uh, but I think they signed McCutcheon as kind of, you know, a little bit more protection for him. Mm-hmm. He he was relatively productive in Philly over the last couple of yeah. years. So you're not you're not hating what you get out of McCutcheon. He's no. definitely not an MVP, former MVP. No. You know, he's not himself, a center fielder. Right. I mean, he's definitely a corner outfielder now. But at the same time, definitely productive when he's on the field. The Phillies definitely had a downturn when he got hurt. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, two years ago. And then it was, you know, even last year when uh, he wasn't in the lineup, you definitely felt it. Absolutely. Uh, the Cardinals, they have a really good one-two punch at the top of their rotation with Flaherty and Wainwright. Their lineup's relatively deep, including the two big bats in the middle with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. And their defense is, you know, relatively good. It's probably one of the best in the sport, to be yeah. honest with you. Definitely top five. I mean, they have like a Go Glover at every spot. Yeah. Like, Yachty, Arenado. I know Edmund won a Go Glove this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Arenado Goldschmidt, uh, Harrison Bader in center is as good as it gets. Right, O'Neill's good. Like, so that they can, at the very least, they can defend. But those guys can swing the bat too. Yeah, their real big question mark is their bullpen. And, yeah, and their back end of their rotation really. But when you have two studs at the top, like you don't really need that great of a back end. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's their bullpen is the time. Is it Alex Reyes's time to shine? It better be. And that's really what it needs to be. Do so. The Cardinals going to make the run and try to get, you know, the top crown from the Brewers. Absolutely. The Cubs, it is crazy that this this team won the World Series several years ago. Right. Like, no more Bryant, Rizzo, Javi Baez is gone. Like, yeah, they have Jason Hayward. Woo-hoo. Congrats. But, and, well, technically they still have David Ross, but he's their manager. Mm -hmm. They have some good young guys. Nico Horner is a good, good young player for them. But, I mean, they're taking a step back. But I'm sure they're going to try to reload next year, year after, because they have the money to do it. Yeah, I mean, they'll be competitive. Yeah, they'll compete, but it's you know, not. they have Contreras behind the dish. But Yeah, it's really not that great for them, and I no. feel like it's going to be a rough season for Cubby fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Reds, after trading Sonny Gray, Jesse Winker, and Ingenio Suarez... And then they didn't re-sign Castellanos because he went to my boys. Yeah, they did. Uh, It's clear they're rebooting. You know, they're just going to restart here, even though they still have productive Votto, who's making a lot of money. Uh Uh, I just don't think that they're really even in the conversation, even though they would have made the playoffs with a 16 format last year. Yeah, I definitely think if they brought everyone back, they'd be in the hunt. Mm -hmm. Maybe not win the division, but... 
definitely for yeah, a wild they'd be card. In the hunt. Yeah, they'd be in the hunt for a wild card. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot more teams in play. Do I think the Reds have a chance of, you know, making things interesting in the Central? Sure, but yeah. by August, they'll be out of it, and they're just going to be competing with the Cubs and the Pirates for who's going to win third, fourth, and fifth in this division. Yep. And then, of course, you got the Pirates who, if they catch lightning in a bottle, they might not be in last place. If they catch lightning in a bottle, they might have more than 62 wins, meaning yeah. they will have less than 100 losses. Yeah. But look, Can they win 68? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I mean, this entire team is going to be up for fire sale if they compete well. Yeah. Bar maybe Reynolds and Cabrian Hayes, yeah. but I still think they might even be I, chips. I know. They're just going to get some real high prospects. I know Reynolds is definitely on the market. Mm-hmm. I know he's been a topic this offseason. Or... The asking price is too high. Oh, sure. I mean, I think Brian Hayes is their anchor. Like mm-hmm. they're re- they're build- building around him. I love Brian Reynolds. He's a sneaky all star. But other than that, it's like who you got? Yeah, they don't who really have much. Their entire roster is pretty rough. Yeah. So, all right. So, I mean, that's the recap on all five teams. Uh, for me, my money, I'm picking the Cardinals to win this thing. I think their bullpen will have to be better. They're probably going to re-sign Andrew Miller which makes an increase to their bullpen there. Yeah. I just have them making the move. Defense, you know, it matters, even though next week I might not say that. Um, (laughs) I just think, you know, with Arenado and Goldschmidt, and they've got enough pieces, enough places, give me the Cardinals to win. I'm going to have the Brewers finishing second with the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates in that order finishing out this division. Yeah, so we're similar. I picked the Brewers. I'm giving them credit for winning the division last year. I like their rotation, and we'll see if – I mean, look, if they don't keep Josh Hader, it's a fire sale, and they're just going to rebuild. Mm-hmm. I'm banking on Christian Yelich, be, Christian Yelich being healthier than he's been. Mm-hmm. So give me the Brewers, followed by the Cardinals, and we have the same last three, Cubs, Reds, Pirates in order. All right, fair enough. All right, let's go ahead and rotate to the AL Central now. The five teams here yeah, – what? Oh, man, this is just – this is rough. <laughs> there are two teams that are going to run for this thing, and then the other three, very similar to the NL Central, are going to be leaps and bounds behind, uh-huh. even worse than the Cubs-Reds. I'm not going to mention the Pirates in that. But <laughs> we've got you know two teams that could pe- potentially be pirate terrible here in this division. Parker, give us the rundown. So the White Sox are the clear favorites in the division, but the question is can they make a run for the pennant? I think so. I said it. CJ thinks I'm crazy. You're nuts. They have the pitching. Giolito, Keiko, Dylan Cease. Watch out for him. I think he's going to surprise some people. I can't wait to see a healthy Michael Kopech. In the back end, you have Liam Kendricks, Craig Kimbrell, even though I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Kimbrell because they're both closers. And they can mash. You have Jose Abreu won an MVP. Anderson at short. Luis Robert. Yoan Moncada. Jimenez. Yasmani Graham Dahl behind the dish. Like They can mash. They can pitch. I think they're going to win this division easily, and I definitely think they're one of the top three-ish teams in the AL. Mm-hmm. No, I can agree with I that. I know you disagree to an extent. I don't think they. I don't think they make a chance of the pennant. I, you know, and and the division's going to come down between them and the next team in you know in line here. Your twins. Minnesota twins. I pick them every year, and somehow they always mess me up. But I'm going to pick them again. Yeah. Uh, they're the biggest contenders of the White Sox. It's not even close. They got Sonny Gray. They got uh, Gary Sanchez and Orshella in the trade that sent Donaldson to the Yankees. And then, oh, you know, they signed, you know, the best shortstop 
player available in free agency in Carlos Correa. You know, no big deal. Yeah, no biggie. So I think this team will hit better. Oh, sure. I don't know about their pitching, and that's their issue. Uh-huh. But, you know, this is where I talk about the fact that if you hit the ball all over the yard, you got a chance, and they play good defense up the middle. Yeah. And, you know, Gary Sanchez, not really. But, no. you know, but you got really good second base, real good it. shortstop there. And their center fielder, you know, Buxton, you know, he's, he's pretty good at playing center field. If he can stay healthy. Correct. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm banking they, on that they again. They gave him a big extension, still. $100 million extension this offseason. I know they gave up Mitch Garver. I'm not, okay. I'm not saying he's a stud, but mm-hmm. he's underrated, yeah, especially right. offensively. That's fair. I'm not saying Gary Sanchez can't do that mm-hmm. but he hasn't in the last few years and don't get me started with him defensively behind the dish because it is it's, atrocious it's it's bad like yeah. can i get up to minnesota and just teach him some things and we might be better it's be a dh man yeah i mean there's also that too i mean i know they have miguel sano but like you guys can split time yeah i guess that's fair yeah all right so then you have the royals they're a super fun watch yeah i probably with junior man like they he needs to make the opening day roster mm-hmm. i cannot wait to see that guy on an everyday basis you have Sal Perez, Andrew Benatendi, uh, Mondesi, if that guy can stay healthy. Do- right. Hunter Dozier, Whit Merrifield, he still hasn't been traded. I like their young pitching with Brady Singer, Brad Keller, Daniel Lynch. It's it's question marks because they're young and not proven necessarily. Right. I mean, but you brought back Grinky. Yeah. You got Amir Garrett. I, lo- so... I love Grinky back. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to win Cy Young like he did in Kansas City before, right. but he's very solid and... In that ballpark, pitcher's haven. Amir Garrett, I mean, he might be their closer. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like the Royals. They're a fun watch. I still think they're going to be like third, fourth place in the division. Yeah, but. I think they're a little bit distant. And then you've got the Tigers, who are kind of a sleeper here. Yeah, I totally agree. They're pitching with Casey Mize. They signed Erod, Spencer Turnbull, Matt Manny. Mike, I, did, I forgot they got Michael Pernada, mm-hmm. who if he can stay healthy, he's solid. Tariq Skubal. And if they click, they could. I'm not gonna say they're gonna they're gonna win the division, but they could definitely compete for it. They can make some waves. Like, like this e- is definitely an unproven commodity absolutely. in Detroit, and that's the issue. And like they can't. Necess- I'm not saying they're a bad offensive team, but like can Miggy stay healthy? Yep. I I am excited about Spencer Torkelson. He was the number one pick a few years ago. That guy's legit. I don't know if he's gonna make the open A roster, but I'm sure we will see him this year. Well, maybe with the incentives that are there. Yeah, I was thinking so about that. Maybe like, well, he might. Yeah, he might. If it, if he shows out in spring, like he could definitely make the open A roster. Absolutely. And then you have one other team there. The it? Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, the Indy oh, Guardians. I know it was. Yeah. Um, they changed their name, new name, same season, <laughs> same team. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. We 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 went through this. Like, there's kind of a there's kind of a watermark on like how many veteran guys you have. Like, right? Yeah. They kind of need to be. You gotta have to have most of your team born. You know, you know, in the '90s right now. Yeah. I know this is a moving target year after year, right? But yeah, you gotta have some guys that were born in the '80s. Yeah. And uh, you know, they have one. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? Sandy Leone, backup catcher. Let's go. And. He's the only person that's older than me on their roster. I know. It's, like, the only one. It is funny that you and I are getting to the point where we're looking at the ages of players, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, a decade older than him. Yeah. Or, or they don't have a single guy who's, like, born 92 or earlier. Yeah. In my case, I right. know you're born 89. Yeah, even worse. Sandy <laughs> Leon was literally born four months and 11 days before me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like those veteran guys, it's like, yeah, I grew up with that. Yeah. Like, look at, I mean, if you look at some of the other rosters, we'll talk about this next week. Like, the Yankees have six or seven guys that are older than me. Right. As compared to this Guardians team that has one. Yeah. And he's a backup catcher. Now, great. Youth. Youth movement. Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. But at the same time, you got to have some vets that have been there slash done that slash yeah. know what the heck to do. Yeah. Right now, the, the Guardians only have one, and his name's Jose Ramirez. Yeah. He's, he's really the only, I mean... I like Bradley Zimmer. I mean, their their pitching staff's good. I mean, you got Bader, you got yeah. or sorry Bieber, not Bader. Be- <laughs> yeah, Bieber, Plezak, yeah. uh, Savali. Yeah, like so they they can pitch, but you got to score runs to win games. Um, yeah, uh, Cal Quantrill, Quantrill, yeah. Quantrill. Quantrill. I think it's Quantrill. Quantrill yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing, right? But, like their pitching will be good, but like, they offens- have nobody that can swing the lawn. Yeah, but like offensively, it's like. Bobby Bradley at first base. Good prospect. Can he hit? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Jimenez at second base. Bradley Zimmer. I remember when that guy first got called up like four years ago. and was like, this guy reminds me of Grady Sizemore. I'm like, yeah, he is Grady Sizemore. He can't get on the field. Right. So here's the thing. Like the Guardians will be, they will win games like three to two or they're going to lose games 15 to two. Or like seven nothing. Yeah. Like they're not putting up a lot of runs. Yeah. They might have close to the best ERA in the AL Central. Yeah. They're not putting up runs to support it. It's going to be Not bad. that I can see. All right, so let's go ahead and hit with our uh, predictions here. For myself, I'm picking the Twins again. I know it's downfall. It's terrible. <laughs> but I'm picking the Twins by the nearest of margins versus the White Sox. Then I have the Tigers, Royals, and the Guardians finishing at the way far basement, competing with the Pirates for the first overall pick. Yeah, so I'm going White Sox because we all know how much I love that team. Followed by the Twins, Tigers, who I think they could be a sneaky like second place team, the Royals, who are a great watch, and the Guardians are the Guardians. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up all the previews for the Central. Next week, we'll get into the AL and NL yeah. East, the two best divisions in baseball, according to myself and Barker. Yep. I'm not, you know, biased in any way. We're a little biased, but you know, stop it. We're not biased. Anyway, when we <laughs> return, we're getting into the NBA standings and the new questions for this week regarding. The last 10 games of the regular season and into the playoffs when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're getting to the NBA, starting off with the standings. CJ, hiss off with it. All right, let's just go ahead and run down. Uh, Miami still holds a narrow lead over basically a three-way tie between the Sixers, Milwaukee, and Boston as they're all one and a half games back. Boston has one additional game to play as the Sixers and Milwaukee both have 10 left. Uh, Miami only has 9 left, and Boston has 11 left. Uh, then Chicago is three games further back at 4.5 back. Off. They have fallen off, as they right now are 3-7 and seven in their last 10, not playing great basketball. You got Cleveland behind them, holding on to the last uh, non-play-in spot of you know the, the playoffs, I guess, is right. however you want to put that. They're 5.5 games back of... Uh, Miami, but one game up on Toronto, and they are three and a half games up on Brooklyn, as they are seven and eight respectively. And then you have the Hornets and the Hawks bringing up the rear of the play-in tournament, and basically the Knicks, Washington are both out as they're five games behind with only ten. Yeah, to play. they're out. They're not mathematically eliminated, but they're basically out. So we yeah. basically have the top ten teams and their seedings pretty much wrapped up, mm-hmm. except for you know 
you know, whatever. So, I mean, really, like, does Cleveland stay not in the play-in with Toronto and maybe Brooklyn there as three and a half isn't impossible to overcome, but it, it might be tough for them. Yeah. Uh, and then the Western Conference, you have Phoenix, who's basically locked up everything they want and more yeah. as their nine games over top of Memphis. Golden State, with their 5-5 five and five record over their last 10, has fallen to third, and they're 11 games back of Phoenix, two behind Memphis for the two-seed. Uh, Utah is at... 14 games back as well as Dallas. And if you look at the last standings, Dallas has played much better over their last 10s. They're 7-3, and three, and Utah's 5-5, five and five, losing two straight as well. Uh, Denver is holding on to the sixth seed by one and a half games over Minnesota. Minnesota's playing pretty good basketball as they're 7-3 over their last 10 compared to Denver's 6-4 and four as well. The Clippers and Lakers are hitting at 8 and 9 respectively and then uh the Pelicans are bringing up the 10 spot. How now, about that? This is tough here because the Spurs right now are in 11, they're only one and a half back of New Orleans and two back of the Lakers. Now basically the top 8 are secured as you're looking at the you know there's no way the Clippers fall 7 games or six and a half games back to fall out. Uh, but you only have one team that's technically mathematically eliminated, even though OKC is ten or nine and a half back from New Orleans, so they're basically done. They need a miracle. Yeah. Houston, they're eliminated. Yeah, Houston's actually eliminated, and then the Kings are pretty much eliminated, and so are Portland, as Portland hasn't played well, as they're going two and eight in their last ten. I mean, but really, the Spurs are five and five in their last ten, so they're really not catching any ground. But really, I mean, the Lakers don't look good. They Looked better last night without LeBron versus Philly. I know it was in L.A. You had a lot of players step up for them as you had a lot of bench minutes coming from Anthony and oh, Malik Monk. Yeah, Malik Monk was your other big one that came in. But all, I mean, their entire bench put up like 48 last night. Yeah. So, I mean, out of their, I think I think they scored like 116. So, I mean, really, the, the Lakers are deeper than we think they are, but LeBron sat out last night, so kind of made it a little interesting. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the big questions that happen. We have three in the East and three in the West. So let's go ahead. I'm going to post the first one to Parker. Boston and Milwaukee are the hottest teams in the East as Boston's nine and one in their last 10 Milwaukee's eight and two. Do they deserve the hype? Yes. Milwaukee, they're defending champs. They're, they're starting to click at the right time. Mm. Boston, they might be the hottest team in the NBA. Yeah. Like they've been that good. Tatum Brown. I know, uh, you know, who's the third option. I don't know. It's kind of a different person every night. Right. But they, they play as a collective unit. They're they're serious. finally they weren't yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, but they not are earlier, now. but they are now, and they're clicking at the right time. So yes, they buy into the hype. Absolutely. All right. So Miami, they had a big altercation courtside last night in their loss to the Warriors. Do they have what it takes to win the East? I see. And this is you know the two part question. Do they do they win the one seed? Yes, I think they do. There's not an, a lot of time considering you've got Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston right nipping on their heels. But I think they've got enough. They're finally healthy at the right time. Yeah. You still have Jimmy Butler. You have Bam Adebayo. You've got enough pieces there to make it happen. And Spolstra, great coach. Now what happened last night? Jimmy Butler got in it with Udonis Haslam, who's player slash coach i put yeah. this in quotes like what exactly yeah. you want i think he's played like, what three minutes all year yeah. or something he's like, like that. an unofficial assistant coach for them yeah so butler gets into it with him and spolstra courtside and it's like 
fired up because they're losing to the Warriors. And they shouldn't be losing to the Warriors right. without Steph, right? right? Especially if you want to keep the number one seed. They came off losing to the Sixers without Harden and Embiid, and Maxi basically destroyed them in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And so, you know, they're coming off a stretch of 7 to 12 home games, I think. Seven out of the last 12 were at home. That's it. And they didn't do well in the, in that stretch. And so, you know, they're they're sitting there starting to question themselves, trying to think, hey, what did we do? What do we have to do to get really good again? And I think Spolster will figure it out. I think this was just a flare-up by Jimmy Butler. He plays with a lot of passion. It's good. I think they end up holding on to the number one seed. Yeah. The problem is you're going to have to run through not only the Nets, but you're going to have to run through the Bucks. You're going to have to run through the Sixers. You're going to have to run through the Celtics. That's four teams that you don't want to face right now. The right. East is an absolute crapshoot, so I don't believe that they can make it out of the East. That's my personal opinion. I don't think they have enough. But do I think they win the regular season crown in the East? Yes, because yeah. there's just not a lot of time. Yeah, and because you have Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston, they're all tied at one and a half back. Like they're, like they're just too much jumbling for mm-hmm. one team to just take control and surpass Miami, who I know they've struggled here lately, but Jimmy Butler is a really good team, and Eric Spolster is a great coach. They're going to figure that out. They're going to win the regular season. All right, so here's a question that I have. It's a little weird, but Memphis, after winning last night without Jar, 15-2 and two without him. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I can't remember their record full overall. Let's go ahead and pull that so up. So they're 50-23 and 23 on the season. So. Okay, so that would be 35-21 and 21 with Ja Moran yeah. in the lineup. Are right. they better with or without him? That is a crazy question. They're not better without him. Yes, they're playing great basketball without him, and that's great. That shows you that you have depth, that you guys play as a collective unit, that you're not just an offensive team. You play defense because you definitely need it without Ja, who's – clearly your best offensive player hmm. so that's that's a crazy question i understand the question because of how good they've been from a record standpoint without him but let's calm down yeah i think i think you're right here john morant makes any club better it's just interesting the fact that they are so deep now i i can't remember who they beat the bricks off of yesterday and i know they play again tonight and so that's the reason why you give jaw the rest day but at the yeah. same time like you you are 15 and 2 without him it does pose a question though. yeah i get the question so Thoughts on the Warriors without Curry? They're not great. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of nobodies playing last night that beat Miami. I think Miami really beat themselves more than the Warriors oh, beat sure. them. Yeah. They're in a free fall. As I said earlier, they're like 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They're not doing great things without them. Now, do they make – or sorry, they're 5-5 five and five in their last – in their last 10, my bad. Very um, average. But, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not great. Now, Curry also played the first two games of those last 10 before he got hurt, and they yeah. were both wins. Right. So, you know, so they're 3-5 and five without him over these last eight games or whatever. Yeah. So it's not the greatest thing in the world that, you know, we're sitting here saying, oh, Curry's, you know, not here. But at the same time, do I think they make the playoffs? Yes. Do I think they have home court through the first round? Yes. The other issue is, you know, who do you run into in the second round yeah. and who do you want to face? And is he back? If if they can survive round one without him, I think this will be better because that'll give yeah. him more time to rest that foot, which would be good for them. But at the same time, they're not a team that really instills a lot of confidence to even get out of round one without him. Yeah, my biggest issue with the Warriors is who's, okay, after Curry, who's stepping up? Clay mm-hmm. Thompson is not what he was. I'm not saying he can't get there, but right now he is not the Clay Thompson of old. Draymond's out. Wiseman's been out basically the whole season. So, like, they don't... Was it Otto Porter Jr. Yeah. like Jordan Poole? Jordan Poole was the big so, big player I mean, last I mean, they night. have some some depth, like quality depth, but they're depth guys. They're not guys that are going to carry the load offensively. 
So they're they're a pretty average team without Steph. Absolutely. All right. So Zion Williamson still playing without with he's still not playing with the knee injury, even though he posted on Instagram some high flying personal yeah. workout with his trainer. Crazy and, dunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, head coach. Uh, I can't think of his Willie name. Green. Willie Green. That's right. Um, he, he came out and said, Oh, he's still out indefinitely. We don't know. Yeah. Will he ever play for new Orleans? Uh, it doesn't look like it. It looks like he doesn't want to play for them. Now I'm not saying he's not hurt. And this was the worry coming out of Duke. I'm a Duke fan. I know how great Zion is and I knew he was going to be a great pro, but he's pretty big and super athletic. Just the wear and tear of just jumping and landing on those knees is not good. And it's paid his He's paid the price so far in his young NBA career, but he's become an injury-prone player. I don't think he's going to be in New Orleans that much longer. Who trades for him? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> New York. <laughs> I mean, like, doesn't that just seem like a New York Knicks thing? Yeah. Let's go get the injured guy who, we, when he's healthy, we know how good he can be, but he can't stay healthy. Well, but see, here's the thing, though. That's actually interesting because if he did go to the Knicks, he would be reunited with his college teammate, Narj Barrett. Oh, it'd be fun. I'm I'm sure the Knicks would have to give up Obi Toppin. Yeah, but oh well. Yeah, I mean I'm not, I'm not saying. I thought Toppin be better coming out, and he hasn't proved to really be much. But he was in the dunk contest. Yeah, well, congrats. <laughs> it was the worst dunk contest in the, in a lot. But uh-huh. speaking of New York, uh, they just lifted the mandate on vaccinations for players within the city limits. Took long enough. Opening the ability for Kyrie and other players like him to play home games. What does this mean for the outlook for the Nets in particular when it comes to the East? It definitely makes them better. More, I mean. <laughs> They can get Kyrie at home now, yeah, which is huge. Kevin Durant's back, so yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely better than an eight seed with mm-hmm. Kyrie playing every night. Yeah, I mean, they still don't have Ben Simmons. I don't think he's playing the whole the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't know. That's another. I know he has like a back time. issue. And, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm over him. Yeah, I know you. Are. He's no longer with my squad. I can't make excuses so you, for him anymore. So you think they, like they can like make a run in the East? Yeah, I mean, well, let's just go ahead and look at the playoff bracket as of right now. So if you look at how it goes at current state, right? They're the eight seed currently. So let's just say they end up finishing as the eight seed. They've got Miami first. Yeah. That's probably a W. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. And even if you know, like Miami's a lot easier to beat especially with two superstars that you can't shut down. I know Spolstra is a great defensive-minded head coach, but this is not a team that you really want to run into. Let's say they win the 7-8 matchup. You got the 76ers. They've owned the 76ers this year. I know the one time they played when Harden was with the 76ers, Harden had probably the worst game of the season. But at the same time, like the Nets, the Sixers don't want to face the Nets. Right. So it makes it tough. Now, do... You know, either way, so like, let's say they beat Miami, then they then they go and they have to face a hot Boston team, or the Bulls who are just fallen. So right. I don't think that's even an issue. I, I think it's more or less you're going to face Boston, and that's going to be a tough matchup for the Nets. Yeah. Do I think the Nets win it? Yeah, because they've got Kyrie and KD. Right, and KD. Look, well, they have Kyrie full time. Right, we yeah. all know that yeah. they've got KD. And then you have to face, in this scenario, the winner of the Milwaukee 76er series. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, that that's a tough matchup regardless. And now you've got miles on people. Kyrie has played only half the year, so he's got less miles than every other team here. I mean, the Nets now, by this decision, 
have have made it a lot harder for every other team in the East, and the Nets might end up taking the East purely because of that. But truly, if we really get down to it, now with this mandate lifted, it was a four-team race for who comes out of the East. Now it's a five-team race. Yeah. It is really difficult. And they have Seth Curry. <laughs> yeah. I just like mentioning that because when we've talked, just... And it, Drummond. Like yeah. it... Well, Drum, Drummond's a, a nice piece. A nice piece. That's I would. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather have him backing up Embiid right now than freaking DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I know they don't have Joe Harris, but because he's out with injury still. But I mean, gosh, you get Kyrie full time, and any any time he's played this year, he's looked real good. Mm-hmm. So and again, that's half the games on his legs, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like he missed most, like most of the season to begin with. Then he comes back, but he can't play home games. So. Let's just just say half of those games, right? So I mean, he hasn't played even close to a like full season, man. Not even half a season. Yeah, so he can basically put up forty minutes without even having an issue in the playoffs, right? So that's definitely going to be advantage Nets, no doubt. All right, well that does it for the NBA. We are going to stick with the hard court, but go to the amateur version in college hoops. We're getting into the Sweet Sixteen. Parker and I are doing our second chance brackets when we return. Welcome back. Hitting you with a bonus segment that we didn't hit you with in the intro. We're doing the Sweet 16 March Madness. Talk about we're doing a second chance bracket. Just me and Parker here. No group with this one. Even though our group for the main currently, your boy's in second place with Parker in third. And the person who has number one, Jay. Unfortunately, Jay, your champion is out. So, uh yeah. Tough tacos there. Tennessee um, out. Yeah, they gone, baby. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and hit with the second chance bracket. We're both starting at the Sweet 16. I'm going to hit you with mine and then go all throughout with who we got. I've got Gonzaga beating Arkansas and then Duke beating Texas Tech to create the Elite Eight, uh, Elite Eight matchup of Gonzaga versus Duke. I have UCLA beating North Carolina and Purdue beating St. Peter's. The magical run of St. Peter's out of Jersey City, New Jersey is over in the Sweet 16 to create a UCLA-Purdue matchup for the Sweet 16 there. Or sorry, Elite Eight there. Uh, Arizona beating Houston tonight is what I have, and Michigan beating Villanova, and that's creating the Arizona-Michigan Elite Eight matchup. And then I have Kansas beating Providence and Miami beating Iowa State to create a Kansas-Miami Elite Eight matchup. You, Parker. So my Sweet 16 matchups, Gonzaga beating Arkansas, and I have my Dukies beating Texas Tech. Another matchup of Duke-Gonzaga this year. Mm -hmm. They faced each other in the year. From there, I'm going North Carolina, defeating UCLA. I just think they, they're a hot team right now. Purdue's going to beat St. Peter's. It's a great run, guys, but it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got Arizona beating Houston, followed by Michigan beating Villanova. We both have Michigan winning. Mm-hmm. And then I got Kansas beating Providence and Iowa State beating Miami. So the only two differences, you have North Carolina beating uh, UCLA and you have Iowa State beating Miami. Yep. Uh, And then my final four is Gonzaga versus Purdue as Gonzaga beats Duke and Purdue beats UCLA. And then I have uh, Arizona topping over Michigan and Kansas overtopping Miami. And then my national championship is Kansas over Gonzaga uh, there. Parker, what's yours? So my final four is Duke, North Carolina. I'm just warm and fuzzies. That would be pretty cool for Coach K. Sure. And then I'm going Arizona, Kansas, and the other final four uh, on the other side of the bracket. 
And then I have Duke Arizona in the final with Duke winning it all. All right. Well, so I that's... know I know I'm biased. I'm a Duke fan. Nah, it's fine. They're they're playing good. I, good. I worry about like they're young and like sometimes they don't you know show up. You're you're just looking. What you want is the Cinderella of Coach yeah. K winning the championship yeah. in his final year. That'd be awesome. And gosh, if Duke could get revenge over North Carolina for losing at Cameron the last his, his last home game. Yeah. That'd be sick to do in the tournament, especially in the final four. Yeah. I, you know, these are all Cinderella things again. Hey, if St. If Peter's can win two games in the tournament, this can happen too. And listen, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, St. <laughs> Peter's beating Murray state kind of blew up my bracket, uh-huh. but not terrible. Like everybody was like, Oh no, I had Kentucky going deep. I was like, I don't lose in the round of 32. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all right with this. Yeah. But then they beat my round of 32 winner. Right. So it was kind of rough. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, I mean, these are, like I said, second chance uh, tournaments. These are always fun. Just kind of see, you know, Hey, I know it's impossible to get a, a full bracket. Yeah. Right. Right. It's the reason why all these guys, Warren Buffett and all these guys sit there and post million dollar, billion dollar challenges for a perfect bracket. It's never going to happen. Right. Uh, unless you fill out literally every single possibility. It's, it's which is like happen. millions of possibilities. Yeah. It's, it's not it, trillions of possibilities. Almost. Yeah. I mean, I was being generous. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can, I don't want to do the math right now, but it's a lot. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's an E to the 13th somewhere there. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, really, it's tough. But these are always fun. Second chance bracket. We're not doing a group with this one. No. But if you want to go ahead and let us know on our socials your second chance bracket, who you got, you know, who you got winning, whatever, go ahead and hit us up at the Sports GPS on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. If you want to take, that's actually probably the best way to do it. It's take an Instagram picture, you know, and post it on Instagram, tagged with us. Uh, second chance bracket yeah. sports GPS. Let us know what you got. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, hopefully I do better on this one than I did on my other one. Well, I mean, you're but, still but in I, third. But like, I did see like I, I jumped up to third. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, right now my my serious bracket is in second. My my fun bracket, which I did first, is terrible. Of course, my fun bracket is the one is my first one that I did in the group, and that's doing better than both of them. So. Yeah. Of course, it's funny. When I was a kid, I used to do like 10, 20 brackets just because. Yeah, why not? And you you have a big stack of paper and you you got a a red marker, a highlighter, and just, you know, gosh, I remember those Thursdays when the first round, I'm just like, I'm not doing anything today. I'm just sitting in front of my TV and watching college basketball, but now it's like, I got to go to work. Yeah, I got to go, got to do everything else. Yeah, got to get that J-O-B. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, thanks again for dropping by on this episode. That's going to wrap it up for this one for all of us here. Parker White. CJ Holly. thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.